Yeah, I called that... Donatello. Oh, no, you can. Oh. I called it. No. Oh. Get out of here. You did that last time. Double stamp, no race. Oh, you, you can't triple stamp. Oh, no, that was a double stamp. <laughs> Why triple stamped it? Hi everyone, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator with Teenage Mutant Turtles. I'm thrilled you're listening to me here on Turtle Flakes. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, Turtle Flakes fans. Welcome to our Christmas episode of Turtle Flakes. Merry Christmas, everyone. We're back. Happy holidays. We didn't and die. That's right. We're back. <laughs> we're back. And we're wild. <laughs> Josh, I missed you, man. Yeah, I missed you too, man. I was getting gen- I was getting really jealous listening to all those Genesis gems episodes. Man. I know, I know. Nick's a stickler, <laughs> man. He he was putting me to work. I was like, geez, I can't work under these conditions. <laughs> well, Nick, if you hold up any more Turtle Flakes episodes, I'm coming after you, Hoser. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's only so much Rob that can go around. You know what I'm saying? Well, Rob, I don't know about you or all this red and green all around. It's uh, it's making me crave some doing some turtles. What about oh you? yeah, yeah, me too, buddy. Me too. And I'm telling you, we have so much to talk about. I mean, there's so much news. I mean, granted, okay, all right. First of all, let, let me let me back up a little bit. Um, Josh and I, we did record a Halloween episode. We did, we did. Uh, so it's not like we've not done anything Turtle Flakes since. I think like the last episode was released on September 22nd, something like that. We have done a Halloween episode. I still got to edit it, and I apologize. <laughs> I, I think I lost the files, but Josh has them backed up. Soon as we get those uh, files, we'll edit it. We'll release that. But you know, it, since September, we've not really covered any turtle news. So we got a lot to talk about. A lot of good stuff to talk about. A lot of big news too, as far as the comics are concerned. As far as the upcoming. Turtles movies concerned and everything. Uh, it's exciting to even talk about a Turtles movie sequel. But yeah, I'm, I'm pumped up, man. Me too. I, I can't, let's dive in, man. Let's do it. So uh, today is December 10th, uh, 2014. And on this very day, way back in 1988, a uh, little episode called Teenagers from Dimension X aired on syndication. Uh, this was the 11th episode of the second season of the original series, and this featured the neutrinos. Those host trinos Cool, daddy-o! <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're, they're Josh's favorite character. Cool, bro, we are the coolest! You know, Josh, I could actually see you, like, with a swirl haircut, you know, uh, you and futuristic know, clothes. Little scene-ster, yeah. <laughs> I could pull it off. <laughs> so, um, so this episode was written by Michael Reeves, and I, you know, I was kind of curious, because... I've, I've seen that name before, and I, I want to do a little research and kind of find out a little bit more about him. Um, but Reeves was not only... He not only wrote several t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle episodes, but he also was a well-known novelist. And Josh, you're a big Star Wars fan, right? Oh, of course. I Yeah, I, I, I don't even want to ask that question. Dude, dude, I have a, a Christmas Yoda where I'm <gasps> going to take to work. Yeah, 
It's a Yoda with his lightsaber and it lights up. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, plus, you know, red and green. You know. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it just writes mm, itself. Christmas it is. You, know, you gotta have Yoda. That's awesome. Well, yeah, well, this guy, he wrote um, uh, several Star Wars novels, but the one that I actually read was a, a newer one called Death Star, w- which was all about the kind of construction of the first Death Star. Um, he wrote Dude, that. there's a book about the construction of the Death Star? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a, a prequel to the first, ep- um, first I, I, not the first episode, the uh, the first Star Wars movie. Dude, that's pretty sweet. Oh, man, yeah, it's, it's like how they, were, they they came up with the design of the Death Star and everything. Oh, it's it's good. And then Steve Perry, who wrote Shadows of the Empire, um, he co-wrote this along with Michael Reeves, who wrote wow. Teenagers from Dimension X. So, I mean, small nice. world. Nice. Wow, that's awesome. You know, and this guy, apparently, I, I did a little bit more research on him. He's also uh, written for famous animated series like the uh, Batman series in the 90s. Oh, I love that series. Oh, I mean, hard to beat, man. Hard to beat. Uh, he wrote for He-Man, uh, the the relaunch of He-Man, Transformers, Spider-Man Unlimited. Um, he wrote the uh, for the Star Wars Ewoks and Star Wars Droids uh, cartoons. <laughs> so, uh, so this guy, you know, he he's gotten around. He's he's kind of a legend when it comes to '80s, '90s, and gosh, contemporary uh, uh, series. So, very cool stuff. And oh, and and guess what, Josh? What's that, Hoser? Uh, <laughs> I've got a new game for you. And new I, game. I, yeah, yeah, it's it's a game. Well, sort of. I mean, it's like a trivia thing. But from now on, if I find like say a, a certain classic episode that was released, you know, on the day they were recording, um, especially if it's one of the original cartoons, most of those had bloopers, right? Oh, I, I think so. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time, big time. Well, oh, you mean where they have the like the wrong turtle tar- talking and all that stuff? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, now we're gonna do blooper trivia, okay? Or or, or just trivia. What you know? Because some of these choices aren't necessarily bloopers. But anyways, here here's how it works. I'm gonna give you four choices here. Three out of the four were true about this particular episode. I mentioned teenagers from Dimension X, so three out of these four did happen or are true. One is not true. All right, you have to guess the one that's not true. Okay. okay. So are you ready, Hosehead? All right, I am, Gackface. Okay, Hosebrain. <laughs> uh, this is from Teenagers from Dimension X. When Shredder told Bebop to identify themselves, he pointed to Rocksteady. That's A. B, Donatello's bow wasn't covered during, or I'm sorry, wasn't colored during the scene where Zack notices the crystal is cracked. C. Irma and Vernon do not make an appearance in this episode. Or D. The neutrinos do not recognize April even though they actually met her in season one. Which one of these is not true? Hmm. I don't remember Irma and Vernon being in this episode. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to go with C. You are correct! All right! <laughs> well, actually, um, they were in this episode, though. They, they didn't have any lines. But the, the, line, the choice was Irma and Vernon do not make an appearance. So I was, I was asking you which one's not true. That one is not true. They did make an appearance, and they didn't say anything. So that was, that was kind of a tricky one. Oh, wow. I had that backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hey, you still guessed it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Even when I'm wrong, I'm right. So, uh, so listen, buddy. Uh, it's, it's been a while. It's been a couple, a couple of weeks. Well, probably about a month since we recorded last. So, um, I gotta ask you, man. Did you get any turtle pickups uh, last few weeks? I certainly have. What'd you get, Jose? 
So uh, our good friend William Culver from the ColecoVisions and Channel F uh, podcast. Hey, I like that guy. Also, uh, Arcade USA, cool dude. He was kind enough to pick up a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Famicom cartridge for me. Oh, nice. A Famicom? And, I've not seen that. Oh, dude, it's great. I'll, uh, I'm going to have to send you a picture of this because the, the cover art is amazing. It's, I think it's the, uh, similar to the um, – uh, let me see here. I'll send you a link. But it's the uh, so it's a Famicom, so it's a Japanese uh, Famicom cartridge for Ninja Turtles. So uh, William picked it up for me. I think he picked it up at CGE while we were there, and um, he he just found it, picked it up, and gave it to me. I was like, "Oh, sweet, dude, this oh, looks awesome!" Man, nice. And um, I finally had a chance to. Uh, I've got a Retron Five, which I love, by the way. Uh, and the Retron Five will play Famicom cartridges. I was actually able to give it a try, and uh, I'm send you the link here. Dude, it's it's awesome. Let's see. Add a instant message. You got to see this cover art, man. I'll be sure to post this on our Facebook page too for you guys. Yeah, uh, so please you can do. See it. Uh, gosh, I, this is how technology inept I am. I don't even know how to get. Okay, there it is. I see it. Oh man, isn't that cover art awesome? Yeah, that that that's like the. Uh, isn't that the cover for the the second game? game. Yeah, the yeah. arcade one. So I didn't. Um, I thought it looked familiar, but I, I was like, "This is really sweet for cartridge uh, artwork." And I popped it in. I thought it was the first game, uh, you know, the first NES game. But then I realized after I popped it in that it's it's the arcade game. I'm like, "Oh man, that's awesome!" Because oh, the arcade man. game, yeah, the arcade game is actually a qu- uh, quite a bit more expensive than the, uh, you know, than the first game. So I was like, "Oh sweet!" And I popped it in, and sure enough, uh, it's the arcade game for the NES. So uh, thanks to William Culver. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And speaking of which, are you looking at the cover right now? Uh-huh. What's up with Michelangelo's skateboard, man? I know, yeah. It's got, like, a red spray paint on it. It's got a smiley face. It looks like it's got a bullet hole in it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It looks like you got shot. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it's man. It's hardcore. But, uh, yeah, so it, it's a funny thing is, it, when I stuck the game in, you wouldn't even know that it's a Japanese game. Like, really? The menus are in English. Everything's in English so far. So I only played it for a minute or two, but, yeah. Pretty sweet. So, if anyone's looking for the uh, the uh, arcade game on a budget and you have a Retron Five, uh, check out the Japanese version. Uh, I sent you a picture of these earlier, but uh, so my wife and I were at Toys R Us because um, we both like shopping there because she's awesome. And we're going through through the turtles aisle, which we have to. And again, that makes me so happy that the turtles have their own aisle. Oh, at Toys I know. Us. Me too. And me Target too. and Walmart. It's so awesome. Like, yeah, it's like I'm five again. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I was going down the aisle, and they had uh, the original comic book uh, action figures, which I was so excited about because I got to say Nickelodeon is really knocking it out of the park with throwbacks to all the original comic book stuff because I I never would have expected that. So, yeah, so they had one of the figures, I think it was Donatello, and it was the action figure, you know, with the really long skinny neck, the actual, like, um, comic book figure. And, of course, they all have the red bandanas only. And... uh, I had only ever seen these, like the you know the NECA or NECO, um, I think it's NECA or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's, they're usually pretty expensive uh, for the figures, but this one was like fifteen bucks, and I was like, oh man, that's awesome. Um, so it was the figure, and then right behind him, it had the one shot you know issue that they originally did one for each turtle. Was now I, you know I had a question about that because my wife uh, we just went to Toys R Us on. Uh, uh, Sunday, and you know it was kind of a similar situation. I was so tickled, you know, to to see uh, uh, an aisle just dedicated the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, you know, I mean that that's an awesome thing in itself. 
and my wife she picked up uh, a Leonardo and a Michelangelo, and 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 we were wondering, is that the original micro series or is that like a new version of it? Um, it's the Color Classics reprint of the original Ooh. micro series. Yeah. Oh, that's oh man, I, I actually prefer that. But you know, yeah. the sad thing is, so I said my wife picked them up. She won't mm-hmm. let me open them until uh, Christmas. She already wrapped them. I said, "Honey, oh. we picked it out together." It's like I already know what it is. Why are you wrapping it? She's like, "I nice. just want to." So, uh, well, I didn't pick up the ones with the comic books in them. There's actually two versions. Oh, I, didn't I think know that. the comic book version ones there were weren't they? I think they were above ten bucks. They're like closer to fifteen. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, my wife went around the corner and found a whole on the end cap. They had uh, all four turtles without the comic books, and they were only like eight ninety nine. What? So, yeah, so they were a bit cheaper. So I got them. I already have the color classics, and I didn't want to pay for the comic books again. So I got them cheaper. I was able to get all four of them. So. Oh man, smart man. Yeah, yeah. So I picked those up. Um, let's see. I also got. Um, I sent you the picture at Target. Uh, they did. It's like it's basically a wooden sign, and it's uh, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It looks like the original comic books. Yes, uh, I'm font. so jealous. Yeah, well, dude, I've got two of them, so if you can't find one, oh. I, will sh- I will ship you this other one. Oh, what a guy, what a guy. How about that? Yeah. I was like, dude, man. this is the coolest ever. I'm picking up two in case Rob doesn't find one. So, But uh, at, at Target, yeah, it was 15 bucks, and it's, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Leonardo. Of course, it's hard to tell because all the bandanas are the same. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the kind of scratches, I guess, on his head remind me of um, Leonardo in the original comic. So, But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a wooden sign. It's a... It's a pretty decent size, and it's uh, 15 bucks at Target. And apparently they made a couple other ones. Uh, someone on Facebook yeah, yeah, had posted, and uh, there was one uh, It was like Battle, Battle of the Bands. Of the Bands. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's what I want, too. I saw that one. I was like, I got to get that. It was like uh, Shredder and Bebop and Krang and Rocksteady against the Turtles or something like that, and, and Splinter, I believe. Dude, if you find that anywhere, buy it for me, and I'll pay you back. Oh, of course I, I, I would. I want that one. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I picked up two of those, um, and then as far as comics go, um, picked up a couple. My wife actually, uh, she was, uh, she actually found this for me. There's a, uh, an old school Mirage Studios, um, let's see, it's, uh, book number 30 from April 1990. Uh, so it's a pretty old one, yeah. Um, one of the original, uh, volume one comics she found for me, so. Wow. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's got a a comic book shop? Uh, no, I think it was like a, um, it was basically like a garage sale. Wow. And someone just had some older stuff. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's got, um, Casey Jones on the cover with a tire iron and, uh, it looks like they're, um, I think it's Raph is driving a car and it looks like the hood's ripped off. It looks pretty, uh, it looks pretty intense. It's pretty sweet. You said issue 30? Yeah, issue book 30. I'm looking that up right now. I gotta know. It's pretty slick. <laughs> Casey Jones is up top. He's like on the back of a car, um, he doesn't have a shirt on, so you can see all of his uh, all of his muscles bursting out there. He must work out. Yeah, he works out. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I've seen that issue. Yeah, so she picked that up for me, which is pretty sweet. I always like having the originals, so that was cool. Oh, um, What's up with the guy I, with the big tongue, like like grabbing his chain there? I know. Doesn't he look weird? Yeah, he looks, he like, looks like a uh, demon. Yeah, something freaky, man. Oh man. Oh jeez. Is it in some kind of a spaceship or something? I don't know. It sure looks like it. And Casey yeah, Jones cool. looks like a, the Incredible Hulk there. Yeah, he does. Jeez, look at him. <laughs> he's like twice the size of Raphael there. I know. Yeah, he's, he's pretty ripped. I know. Although he's wearing jeans and not sweatpants, so I don't know what's up with that. Yeah, that, that's not the real Casey Jones. <laughs> it's an impasta. Ooh, pasta. Yeah. 
I was at my local comic book shop. There's there's a couple different ones. There's one I have a subscription at, and then there's another one that's uh, between my house and work. So I stopped at the one between my house and work. Uh, I stopped there every so often, and you know I was just like, hey, do you guys have anything new in for turtles? And they uh, they pointed me towards. Uh, they have a, an issue that I had missed. It's actually an X-Files Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. That's very good. Yeah, is it just one issue? I think so. Though The okay. one I had had the Lone Gummin on it, I believe. Okay. Um... Was it a guy with long hair and glasses and, and then the shorter guy? Yep, yep, yep. That's the one I've got. That That's a funny issue. Have you read that yet? I have not read it yet, no. Oh, it's no. pretty funny. I, I liked okay. it. It was pretty witty. I'd like that. So, uh, yeah, I'll pick that up. And then I found a um, an alternate or um, a variant cover of the IDW series number 35. Uh, it's really sweet. It's an Eastman cover, which I always am oh, partial to. Me too. Um, but actually, it, it reminds me of the cover of the 30th anniversary. Um, it's got Shredder in the upper right-hand corner with uh, you know all of his arm gone, and his arms are kind of spread out, looking down at the turtles. And then you have all the turtles looking up at him with their weapons. It's pretty sweet. Love that that cover. And then um, I picked up the Turtles in Time series uh, number. I believe I have one, two, and three now. Was there a fourth one? I think there is. To be honest with you, I, I think I only have the first issue, but okay. I think they're at you know you know four or five issues now. Okay. Um, yeah, and then the, uh, the Ghostbusters, uh, Ninja Turtles, uh, one and two. Oh, Pick you got that? Up. Yep, yep. Oh, I'm jealous. Are you still looking for them? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I just signed up for, um, the, you know, in this mall, kind of, it's about ten minutes from my house, um, I've got like a, you know, reserve list kind of, um, or I, I forget what you call it, board where they stock up your car to each, you know, week. And, and I reserved it about three weeks ago, so I really need to get in there and, and see what I have. Um, I said pretty much everything Turtles, you know, anything and everything Turtles, if you'll put it in my basket, um, I'll, I'll be there to pick it up. So I was kind of broke last week, but hey, I got a, I got a couple bucks um, coming this Friday, so, so nice. uh, yeah, going to have to stock up. Awesome. I'm hoping it's in there, man. I think that's pretty much it for me. How about you? Ah, very nice, man. Well, once again, you schooled me. <laughs> You're a hoser. <laughs> I love my turtles. Man. I, I know, I know. I uh, yeah. You know, like I said, uh, uh, my wife she she picked up uh, a couple of the uh, original figures or the uh, comic book uh, versions of the figures. Uh, she picked up a Leonardo and a Michelangelo. Uh, can't actually see them till Christmas, but she did pick them up. I finally open them. I, you know, I got to thinking about. It. I don't know. Because, you know, Nick and I were actually talking about it on uh, Genesis Gems. You know, it's, we were talking about collecting video games. And, and, and um, we were talking about how, for, for us, you know, it, when we collect, it's just because we, we don't really plan on selling them, you know? It, mm -hmm. it, it's just, just for ourselves, I guess. So it really doesn't bother me if I take it out of the box or if I leave it in the box. So I don't know. I mean, what do you do? Uh, if it's new, like these ones, I'm not planning on taking them out of the box because I'm like, well, I just, I love the, the look of the original comic book ones and yeah. I'm always torn. So I'm going to keep them in the box, but the, you know, the re-release that they did of the, uh, of the original figures. Yeah. 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 Stacy bought like two sets. She knew oh, I wouldn't nice. open them. She bought, she bought four of them and opened them like 
ripped open the packages and then just shut them back and gave, gave them to me because she knew I wouldn't open them. And then she <laughs> bought another set to keep sealed. So. Wow, man. Nice, nice. Yeah. That That's a, like I said, a good woman. I, yeah, I always struggle with that. Usually, I, I think with most of the, the action figure guys, um, I usually, if I buy them new, I just keep them sealed because I don't really, like, pose them or anything like that. So, um, that, that, Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of the situation for me. It's like... I have them all in boxes right now, and it's not because I want to sell them or I want to keep them in this perfect condition. It's just that, really, I have no space to pose them anywhere. I mean, I, I don't have any space. I mean, I have to pretty much just hang them on the walls. And it's kind of hard to do that, uh, you know. It's a little tricky to do that when you have loose figures. I mean, you have to, like, dangle them with, like, fish line or something. Yeah, <laughs> Just have yeah. them, like, dangling there. Th that's the only reason I guess I keep most of my figures boxed, ex except for my childhood figures were, you know, it's so funny. I look back at all the things I did as a kid. You know, I'd get a toy or something like that. Immediately, I'd rip off the, uh, you know, packaging and everything and, uh, you know, play with the toy. Uh, and the same thing with, like, the, you know, Nintendo cartridge or Nintendo boxes. I just, you know, throw those in the trash. You didn't need those. I know. I <laughs> and know, now I'm like, man. oh, why'd I do that? Yeah. Because I love to look at them. I, I think they're neat looking, but, uh, you know, you live and learn. I like that uh, Simon's Quest box you got. Yes, yes. Oh, oh very, nice. very. Oh, yeah. W William, uh, once again, and he actually donated another thing uh, that I'm going to mention here in a little bit. William is just a class act. Uh, yeah, uh, he is. He, he really is a, a nice guy. He's always giving, and I can never like return it fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's just when I have like a gift picked out for him, he he has like six more that he's given me since then. So, <laughs> uh, as far as pickups go. I'm trying to think of what else I got. Oh, I finally received my copy of Turtle Power. Turtle Power! <laughs> uh, yeah, I finally got that, and I finally got to watch it. Have you gotten to watch it, Josh? I have not. I got it release what? day. I got it release day. And you and still not watched it? There. I have not watched it yet. Can you believe in the nerve of this guy, listeners? He's a, he's a I hoser. Know, I know, I know. <laughs> Dude, you got to watch it. I, I was going to mention a whole bunch of stuff, and, and I'll say this. One of my favorite things about this uh, documentary is I really like the fact that, you know, Kevin Eastman, uh, Peter Laird, uh, Brown, Dooney, uh, Lawson, they, they all kind of had like a brotherhood in this small little place, this small little studio uh, in Northampton, uh, uh, Massachusetts. I mean, it's just I never really knew that they were that close. I never really knew that they were literally working together, you know, and almost like, you know, and it shows videos of them back in the day, you know, kind of partying together, working together. Um, and they were like a, like, like a brotherhood. I mean, they, they were like the Ninja Turtles in a way. You know, they were all together. They were all making this very, very amazing comic book. And it's cool to see, and it's almost surreal to see, that this documentary really highlights Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird before, uh, right at the cusp of when the cartoon was coming out, and, and how Playmates had approached them about, hey, we want to do this toy line and everything. You know, what, what are some of your suggestions of how the toy should look? And it, show, it even shows meetings uh, between, like, the director of Playmates Toys and Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird and how they wanted the toys to look. And it's so funny and, and so kind of like, I don't know, you're witnessing history because the toy line was so famous. I mean, basically, that's the whole reason they started the cartoon, right? Was to, pr to promote the toys. Yeah, I mean, it was just like Transformers, right? I mean, it, it was yeah. basically they, they, wanted, they had a toy line in mind, and they wanted a cartoon to advertise that toy line. You know? Yeah, I think it even shows Playmates in the credits of the original series, doesn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, that was the case with the Turtles cartoon. And yet, w what made the Turtles a little bit different is the Turtles were already licensed by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. I mean, they 
created that. Where Transformers wasn't really licensed at that point. Basically, Transformers was a toy line, and then they made the cartoon um, uh, to promote the toy line. And of course, the cartoon ended up, you know, becoming its own thing. Um, thankfully, more so than I, meets the eye, right? Yeah. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> and I love the cartoon. I'm a big Transformers fan. Oh yeah, Transformers and Ninja Turtles are my two. Oh, shows. excellent shows, excellent yeah. shows. I'm with you there, buddy. But but anyways, you can you see so many behind the scenes things, things I've never seen before, uh, as far as Kevin Eastman and, and and you know I guess I guess Eastman must have known. Hey, this is something pretty special, and I'm going to document all this stuff because he films everything from their parties to you know every meeting that they had with the Playmates director. Um, uh, he even I think there's even a scene where they're filming right before they go to see the premiere of the Ninja Turtles the original Ninja Turtles film and how nervous they were I mean so much good stuff that I cannot wait to talk about so you know you know what we need to do buddy for well, first that? of all you need to watch it oh absolutely <laughs> and second of all we got to get Isaac back on the show yeah, he said he'd come back. So he, he did. He's a glutton for punishment. That's right. He, it's <laughs> documented. Uh, I will uh, copy and paste the uh, the uh, you know conversation, and I'll tell him, "Hey, you said, you said, you gotta come back." <laughs> so uh, I got that. Really, really enjoyed that documentary, Josh. You will not be disappointed, my friend. So, uh, ev- fans, everybody, you need to check out the uh, Turtle Power documentary. So uh, get it today. You can get it uh, on DVD. You can get it on digital, Amazon, everything. And it looks like their site is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles com forward slash Turtle Power. Absolutely. Yes, that that's it. And the last thing I want to say about it, um, you know, I, I did read some um, criticism on it that it didn't really highlight um, some of the late 90s, you know, mid to late 90s era of the Turtles. But then I realized that you know, as I watch this documentary, it's not necessarily about the entire, every single iteration of the Turtles. It, it's really about, in, in my opinion, when I saw it, it's about Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. I mean, it, it's about how two random guys came up with such a random idea that just caught fire. And and how, you know, it, it talks about their relationship early on and then how they kind of drifted apart and how they came back together for, you know, the reunion just, you know, recently. Heck, we were talking to Jim Lawson about it a couple of months ago. You know, the big reunion at um, uh, uh, Shellback Artwork. Um, so, you know, I, I, think, I think because it's more about two guys coming up with something amazing, this is a very... Very well done documentary, and it, and and it's a Ninja Turtle fan's dream, and who knows? Maybe there'll be a sequel one day. I, I'm not sure. Maybe they'll highlight, you know, the, uh, the the kind of darker era of the Turtles, you know, in the late '90s. But who, who knows? So, excellent, excellent uh, documentary. Definitely check it out. So, um, as far as my other uh, pickups go, I did get a sweet keychain from uh, Willie, a uh, little Leonardo Lego keychain, um, and then a. Uh, Speaking of uh, Willie, he here's something, uh, Josh, that I, I have not even told you yet, Jose. Unless uh, Willie has. I think I'm going to get jealous here. <laughs> no, you, you'll be happy. I promise. Willie donated. Uh, it looks like it's called uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Heroes in a Half Shell Hero Portal. All right, it's just it's basically like uh, Skylanders, but uh, mm-hmm. it's a Ninja Turtles version. And it's got like a controller. Uh, it's got a uh, platform where you can play the game on. Um, pre- pretty much, it's ready to play. And it comes with Leonardo. It comes with Raphael. Um, and in just this package, you get six stages and 18 special missions. 
Wow. So yeah, and then apparently you can expand this thing to uh, some other characters. Of course, you know uh, Donatello, Michelangelo, Splinter, and Casey Jones. So that's pretty cool. But, you know, here's what Josh and I were thinking. Well, here's what I was thinking, and I'm hoping Josh will agree. You know, why not give this to one of our listeners, you know, for maybe a review or something like that on iTunes? That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, Josh and I, you know, we're going to stamp this. If you give, if you write us a review between now and the next episode of Turtle Flakes, and it's on iTunes, you're automatically eligible to win this. Uh, we will pay for the shipping. We'll send it right to you. We'll send you a little, you know, nice note or whatever, thanking you. Uh, assuming it's a nice review. <laughs> That'd be horrible, yeah, you know. It's got to be a nice review, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get a negative review, and then like we randomly draw, and it's the the mean one, and we got to send it to him. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so send us a review, and we will send that out your way. And Willie, thank you for donating that to the Turtle Flakes cause. You know, another thing he did. What's that? He he actually took uh, the Space Invaders game for the 2600, and he modified it to have turtles in it. And oh called, yeah, uh, Turtle Invaders. That's right. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, so uh, I will have to go through my messages. I know he sent it to me, and I'll get it posted in on our website so that people can play Turtle Invaders. <laughs> we should be characters in it. Dude, oh, that's next. <laughs> yeah, I called that... Donatello. Oh, no, you can. Oh. I called it. No, oh. get out of here. You did that last time. Double stamp, no erase. <laughs> oh, you, you can't triple stamp. Oh, no, that was a double stamp. Why triple stamped it? <laughs> you can't triple stamp a double stamp. Lloyd, Lloyd. <laughs> All right, well. All right, here's the big segment right here, guys. Turtle news. Thank you, Josh. Do you want to start or you want me to start, man? Um, why don't you start? Okay, first of all, uh, Rob Paulson, who we all know as, you know, the voice of the original Raphael from the 87 cartoon, and, of course, Donatello now, and, you know, uh, uh, Pinky from Pinky and the Brain and some others. He has his own podcast called Talking Tunes Podcast. And he's doing an exclusive Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live show. As a matter of fact, he, you know, as we're recording this, I think it's already out. I think it's already been done. And Kevin Eastman's going to be on the show. Townsend Coleman, Cam Clark, Barry Gordon, Pat Fraley, Renee Jacobs, uh, Judith Hogue. And a lot of other people associated with either the original film or the original cartoon are going to be on the show, and it's live. Um, according to the, the information I have here, um, it's airing on December 9th, which actually would have been yesterday. So it's already out. So by the time you hear this, it's already out. So go download this episode. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Uh, I've not heard it yet, but uh, with, with a cast like that, gonna be there it's gonna be something special so definitely check that out if you're a huge fan of the original stuff um another thing as far as the teenage mutant Ninja turtles uh ghostbusters crossover crossover goes uh, issue two is out and uh the story is written by eric burnham who writes most of the ghostbusters uh issues and tom waltz of course who writes the ninja turtles issues the art was done by dan Scholing or shoning i guess and uh, just a quick synopsis of it. Uh, the turtles are stuck in a Ghostbusters dimension, and Casey Jones ends up getting possessed. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Now, I, I wonder if the possession has, like, a reverse effect on him, because, you know, he's kind of crazy anyway. Is it the mask that possessed him? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. That makes me think of another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> oh, oh, it's too scary. Uh, we can't talk about that. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I wonder, you know, since he's crazy, you know, if maybe, you know, it turns him into like a normal person. 
Oh, maybe. Nah, maybe, uh, you know, the reverse effect. You never know. That's possible. Yeah, yeah. All right, but get this, Josh. Now, this is huge. And you might already have this for your news, but I'm, I'm going to steal the thunder. All right. All right. We need to talk about the last two, or I guess the two most recent issues of the IDW series. Uh, we have issue 40 that just came out in on November 28th, and, of course, issue 41, which just came out today. All right? So I'm going to start with 40, of course. Issue 40 is huge. This is the release of, um, or it was released on t- the 28th. Old Hob, our, our, one of our favorite villains, he has two new recruits for his gang. Can you guess what those two are, Josh? A bebop and a rock steady. <laughs> <laughs> hey, boys. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Bebop and Rocksteady are going to be in that issue. Well, they are in that issue. Um, and, and just to, you know, what blows my mind is just to see a story written by Kevin Eastman uh, and, and to see a variant cover of Bebop and Rocksteady fighting the turtles drawn by Kevin Eastman. Man, that, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't get over that. You know, I saw the picture uh, that he drew for that issue. It looks amazing. So just to see Bebop and Rocksteady in the IDW series comic book drawn by Kevin Eastman, it just blows my mind. Um, I mean, this is like, I feel like a kid again. I really do because I love Bebop and Rocksteady. I love their original designs so much. And to see them back in, in a current series this many years later is something pretty special. And I, I just can't wait to see. I've not read this issue. I have no idea what happens. Um, for all I know, you know, maybe Bebop and Rocksteady kill the turtles. I don't even know. Uh, but, you know, I just cannot wait to find out. And, oh, and uh, issue 41 is just as monumental because guess what, Josh? Technodrome. That, yeah, that's it. The Technodrome. The Technodrome. <laughs> The Technodrome's in this issue. So here we are bringing back, you know, we're bringing so many elements from the cartoon. We're bringing so many elements from the original comics. And we're bringing so many new elements to the series. And we're going to get into that a little bit later on with the comic book focus. I cannot wait to talk about that. It's an exciting time. I mean, Nickelodeon and the IDW uh, uh, franchise has just, or um, corporation has just nailed the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, franchise. I mean, it is just, I'm so happy with the way things are being handled. As a fan, it's just, it's just blowing my mind. I mean, Nickelodeon, I love the cartoon. I love the figures that Nickelodeon's putting out, uh, you know, and, and, uh, of course the movie coming out, you know, Josh and I are okay with the movie. Um, but I think the comics is, is, is my all time favorite so far. I love what IDW is doing. Speaking of Bebop and Rocksteady, it has been confirmed that they're going to be in the new upcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. And it's, it's also quite possible that Casey Jones will be uh, uh, playing a major role in this movie as well. So stay tuned for that. And I also heard that uh, the original director, uh, the director of the first movie, will not be returning for this movie. So I'm not sure who's in the works for uh, directing it. Um, I, I, th- I think there's talks about one or two different people. But hey, I'm already excited for Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, me too, dude. That's awesome. I know. I kind of wonder if, like, you know, because the, the first movie was so serious. It had such a serious and dark tone. I wonder if, like, Bebop and Rocksteady are going to also kind of have, like, this kind of more dark and uh, brooding kind of uh, personality. I, I I don't know how I'll feel about that. Yeah, that'll be pretty interesting. I, I really want them to be kind of, like, dummies. <laughs> you know, like the uh, the comic <laughs> relief of the of the movie. But I... You know, I understand why they probably won't go that way. You know, it's just, you know, a fanboy's dream. Absolutely. 
And then, and the last bit of news that I have is uh, that the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film, uh, the 2014 film, will be released on DVD on December 16th. So stay tuned for that. And for those of you who uh, are not aware, if you will pre-order the film from Barnes & Noble, you can get a Kevin Eastman uh, poster. Yes. So it's yeah, it's uh, drawn by Kevin Eastman. I think it's the same art artwork as the 30th anniversary um, annual. So it looks really awesome. I already pre-ordered mine. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, if you order it, uh, if you get it at Best Buy, I don't know if you have to pre-order it, but it looks like they have a a tin case that you can get, and then it has the masks uh, for each one of the turtles in it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of cool oh, too. Very cool. So yeah. Um, so, uh, again, we, we haven't published our, uh, our Halloween episode yet, so, uh, it's a little late now, but I, I'm still going to throw it out there. There's a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game. It is, uh, Turtles Danger of the Ooze. Uh, it actually looks pretty neat. It's based on the, uh, the new cartoon series, uh, and it was released on, uh, October 28th, 2014 on the Xbox 360, the PS3, and the 3DS. So, uh, it looks pretty neat. Um, I haven't picked it up yet. I, it was on sale at GameStop. I didn't pick it up because I was, I was just hesitating because I haven't played through the, the other 360 game, the last one that came out yet. And, uh, unfortunately this one is not, um, multiplayer. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I'm not sure, but, um, I'm hoping it'll be a good game. So if you guys have played it, uh, let us know, let us know what you guys think. So next is, I'm pretty excited about this one. Uh, for toys and games, there is a new Turtles Monopoly game. Oh, yes. I was hoping you'd bring this up. Yeah, this looks amazing. So uh, there's a uh, – apparently there's a company who's making new Monopoly games. Um, and I'll see if I can find the uh, the name of it. But the, it's available on Amazon right now. Uh, if you go to Amazon.com and just, just search uh, Turtles Monopoly, there is a – Monopoly game that's all turtles themed and each one of the figures that's got um, custom vinyl figures So it's got all four of the turtles and Casey Jones and Splinter and these look really great uh, Rob, I don't know if you uh, do you have the link there? Um, oh can, man, let me send it to you. Okay, so I actually found this on uh, comicvine.com. That's a great site uh, I like using to look up comics to figure out how many issues were there or um, you know just to get general information about comics, but uh, they had a, an article um, about this. So um, it's a great article. They explain uh, all about the game, and they've got some really great pictures. Oh, man, love the figures. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's worth buying it just for the figures alone, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're really kind of well done. I love Casey Jones. Yeah, so the on the cover you've got uh, all four turtles and they're they're looking pretty aggressive. Uh, Leonardo's just kind of pointing his katana towards uh, all the bad guys. It, it looks pretty sweet, um, and it's got it's all of the '80s cartoon uh, style artwork. So, and to me, it looks it looks really authentic. So, right, right. You know what's kind of funny about the cover though? What? Look how serious the turtles look. I know. Yeah, don't they look yeah, really for, angry? Yeah, I know. For the classic turtles, they look like they're about to cut you to pieces. Yeah, 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 and then and then April's just kind of smiling, like, "Hey guys, you have my support. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have my support." <laughs> um, but yeah, it's got, uh, and then for the bad guys, of course, uh, on the on the cover, it's got Krang and Shredder, Bebop and Rocksteady, um, and it has. Uh, looks like it's saying it has uh, custom shaped pizza slices and pizza boxes. So, <gasps> well, you had me sold a pizza. I know. Um, you stole a pizza, my heart. <laughs> ah! <laughs> nice. Uh, they've got all kinds of really neat cards. Like they've got uh, Toka and Razar and a Mutagen card. Um, all of them just the artwork is really cool. 
uh, just looks a, look like looks like a, a really colorful game. Uh, just screams the '80s cartoon. So. Oh, absolutely! I am so impressed. Yeah, it looks like the game is uh, going for about forty forty bucks worth on it. Amazon. Yeah, totally worth it. So. Yeah, my wife and I were actually looking for this at Barnes and Noble uh, Sunday, and we we could not find it. Uh, we we looked everywhere, and it just uh, I don't know if I don't know if it's sold out or, or if uh, it's in limited supply i i don't know but i'm gonna have to order it online but you know just just the uh, like you said the figurines alone the design of the board i don't even care if the game's broken i mean i i would just like to look at it you know um yeah and then the cards look awesome you know i'm looking at uh three right now for shredder uh baxter stockman and slash i mean and, and they're right out of the uh, 80s cartoon um looks really impressive absolutely so that's uh that's something to look out for um so the next news item I have is uh, for Toys and Games, uh, and this will be... I was uh, browsing the Lego site, and there's uh, a couple new Turtles Legos uh, sets. Ooh. So they actually have one for the new movie, the, you know, the big the truck scene, the infamous truck scene? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually have uh, a Lego set for that. So they have the Turtles Lego figurines that are now based, instead of on the cartoon, on the movie. Huh. Yeah, so I thought it was pretty neat. Uh, it's a, a big semi-truck. It looks like you get Leonardo and Raphael and April and uh, a couple foot soldiers and uh, Karai. And uh, and they're in a truck, so it looks pretty neat. Huh. So if you're into, into Legos, you should check it out. And uh, there's also a new one. It's called uh, Turtle Van Takedown. And uh, it's got uh, Leo. I'm, I'm sorry. It's got um, Mikey and Raphael. And I'm not sure who's driving the truck. It looks like it might be... Uh, I'm assuming that's Casey Jones, but um, <laughs> random stranger. So yeah, but it's cool. So you could get the turtle van from the the cartoon series. So oh, very cool. And then the last news item I have is regarding the new cartoon series. Um, so they in October seventh they released uh, the complete season one DVD set. So. They oh, got really? me. Yeah, I was waiting for this to happen. I got impatient and I bought them all individually. And as soon as I did, they released the complete series. Oh set. man, you know how much? How much is it? Uh, I th- I don't know actually. That's a good question. I think it's around thirty bucks. But um, I'm gonna pay it. I'm gonna pay. It. I know. I'm, I'm I an know. idiot. I know, but I I can't help it. I, I like them all in one spot. I love the first season. I mean, I, I've not watched all of the second season yet, but I, I love the first season. I'm gonna pay it. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a sucker. They got us. They got and us. Then, uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, Showdown in Dimension X DVD is, was released on December 2nd, so uh, that's still pretty new. So I think that's probably the most uh, that's the most recent uh, re- DVD release of the cartoon series. So I think that might even be like the first portion of the current season. So oh wow, yeah, I, I guess yeah. they're on season three now, I, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And I, I gotta say, I've seen a couple of the more recent episodes and. I just I love all the references they throw in there. Like they did you see the uh I think it was like um mutants and it was like a Dungeons and Dragons, but it was uh mutants and serpents or something like that. <laughs> no, oh my gosh, it. it it is great. It was I was I was like laughing out loud. I loved all the references and it was like it was totally like they're playing basically playing D and D and then they, they go to do uh live action role play. It's hilarious. Like <laughs> some LARPing? Yeah, it's they. Yeah, they do larping. It's great. I, well, you I know, they, they they have the larping uh, figures now too. Really? Yeah, yeah. They have uh, the uh, figures. I, I know Donatello. Um, he specifically has a figure. Uh, it's called like Larping Donatello. 
Oh, I, oh, you mean in the yeah, then the uh, like an actual toy figure? Yeah, 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 they, yeah. That's what those are. Yeah, that's from that episode. <laughs> oh, dude, it's awesome. great. You've got to see it. That's that episode made me laugh out loud. It was it was awesome. <laughs> Sweet, I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, it's just they they it's you, Nickelodeon did such a good job. They know who their audience is. It's yeah, it's either kids. Or it's people who nerds are kids like us. Are, well, yeah, nerds like us that <laughs> still love the turtles, and they do such a great job to keep things interesting for us as well as uh, you know fun and family friendly. So uh, yeah, absolutely, I, I I wholeheartedly agree. Like I said, I'm so sold on what IDW and Nickelodeon's doing right now. I'm very very happy to be a Ninja Turtle fan. So guess what, Hosehead? What's that? We got some toys to review, eh? We do, we do. Hey, did she say pizza? So you live in an antique store? Yep. Pizza. Mm. Above, actually. Well, I was going to give you guys a tour of the store. Ready? Today we're going to be reviewing uh, the brand new, brand spanking new uh, uh, Bebop and Rocksteady figures. I always wondered, are you more of a Bebop guy or are you more of a Rocksteady guy? Um, I always liked Rocksteady a little bit more. I thought he was cooler. He's got the huge gun, the big muscles. He just reminds me of Arnold a little bit. Oh, yeah. Especially these figures... Rock City looks way more beefy than uh, Bebop does. He absolutely does, yeah. Well, first of all, it's a nice thing to see Bebop and Rocksteady in Nickelodeon form. I didn't know if this would ever happen. I kind of always hoped it would, um, but uh, it's nice to see them back. As far as the figures go, uh, uh, Josh is going to review Rocksteady, and I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about Bebop real quick. You know, as far as the box art goes, it's pretty standard uh, from what I see. Uh, looks like uh, for Bebop, it just says that um, you know his description is pig-headed mutant. So uh, I guess that's the technical term for him. And on the back it says, Master Thief Anton Zack is mutated by Shredder into a wily warthog for trying to steal his legendary helmet. Given the option to serve Shredder or be destroyed, Bebop, as he becomes known, swears his allegiance to Shredder and teams up with his partner in crime, Rocksteady, to find Karai and hunt down the turtles. The Ninja Turtles better beware of his pig-headed mutant. He has the ability to turn invisible, is equipped with x-ray glasses, and has unlimited gadgets that make him more than formidable foe um, that wants to take down the Turtles. Uh, he has two weapons uh, that comes with a figure, uh, the Flash Bomb and the Sticky Bomb. As far as his articulation goes, eh. Well, no, the articulation's actually good, I'm sorry. Um, you know, his head can fully rotate, his arms can fully rotate and go in and out due to the ball joints. Um, there is no wrist or elbow articulation, but his hips, uh, or his hip does rotate, and his legs move forward and backward, in and out, and um, he can bend at the knees. So the, the articulation is very good. That's a big strength of this figure. As far as the accessories go, like I said, he's got that flash bomb and the sticky grenade. You know, nothing that really stands out. You know, and they look very similar. You can't really tell them apart. Um... So here's what I dig about this figure. He's still got the iconic pink mohawk. You know, that that, that was a big thing for me. <laughs> I was like, if they change his hairdo, I'm out. <laughs> um, I, I like the subtle sculpt design of his face. You know, there, there's a couple, like, warts on his face, if you actually look closely, and, you know, underneath his chin and everything. That's I like the subtlety there. I like it. Um, I like that the Nickelodeon series is kind of giving relevance to his glasses. You know, that, that they have these, you know, it's almost like Cyclops. You know, they've got these X-ray powers. Um, and I really don't mind the kind of the future age look that he has, you know, because he's got like this black vest. Um, you know, he's he's all kind of sleeked out. He's much sleeker than he ever was, you know, with the original figures. And you know, the the biggest strength with this figure is the articulation. However, you know that this is the part I've been waiting to to, to say. 
Um, the role, he, okay, his main feature is he has a roll, he's got like a wheel uh, on his back and the back of his legs. And, and the question is, why? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand why. <laughs> there, yeah. So he can roll, you know, he can lay down on a table and you can roll him back and forth? Like, what's, what's the point of that? I, I don't really understand. Or maybe roll down a side of a wall? I, I don't know. Hmm. Um, so that, that to me, that just kind of seemed a little weird. And I guess the second thing, and one, one of the biggest things for me, is the lack of design. You know, it, it seems like this new figure, although I'm very happy with a couple of things, it seems like this new Tenno Punk design, um, it's all right. I don't hate it, but it seems bare compared to the older versions. Like, for instance, um, the original sculpt that, uh, you know, it had Bebop's skull necklace, um, this figure doesn't have one. The original had like these green shoulder pads, and they look like kind of like turtle shells. Shells um, that complemented his red vest. Well, this version has no shoulder pads and a dark vest that he got from Baby Gap. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it does. I mean, it looks really small, and I'm like smaller than the red vest ever did. Um, that guy in a little coat. <laughs> Richard, what's <laughs> happening to me? I love when he's vacuuming up the moths. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I told you not to leave the window open. <laughs> Get a little, down a couple of ground rules here. Oh, well, you know, and and the the original Bebop figure had a chain belt. Uh, this one has no belt. You know, plus this figure compared to the original, it's smaller. So I was like, okay, well, you know, if it doesn't have as much, if, at least if it's a little bigger, you know, I, I don't know, I'll be happier. But it's smaller, so you know you're you're not you're not getting as much design, and it's smaller. The other major gripe that I have is that uh, you know it's the accessories themselves. You know where's Bebop's gun? You know you remember he had like a yeah. green gun. Yeah. You know he gets like these two little bombs. They look identical. There's really, I mean, to me, a good accessory will will set a uh, character or set a toy apart. You know, um, like every character from a series has kind of their own weapons and you should give them that you know when you you have the toy but uh in in this case you know you get two generic kind of bombs or grenades and uh that's it so overall i i know it sounds like i'm throwing off on bebop here he's okay and he looks really really skinny which i you know i'm still trying to get used to but um because yeah, he's of, a pig right i, I mean... know you would think you know uh, out of the two I don't know. I, I can understand why Rocksteady's kind of big, but I also think Bebop should be kind of big. Like I see him as two goons. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 in this, he looks more like Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of real thin and everything. Uh, he's kind of like the uh, you know underbite. But you know, overall, I, I think I'm going to give the new Nickelodeon Bebop figure a six snorts out of ten. You know, because he's big. <laughs> Uh, and you know I'm I'm still gonna buy it no matter what I will still buy this just because it's Bebop and you know Playmates is releasing a Bebop action figure I've not seen one of these in a long time uh, I, I've just got to but overall I think they could have done a better job designing the sculpt so uh, so that's my review of Bebop well I guess it's my turn to do, uh, cover Rocksteady huh <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice. sorry so uh, Rocksteady obviously. Uh, kind of part to bebop and i was looking at a um, website called uh, crookedninja.com and they've actually got some really great pictures of the the figures up close so you can see some more of the detail because uh i'll be honest at the first glance you know of the the rock study feature uh the rock study figure mm -hmm. 
I was I was kind of underwhelmed. It mm. looked like there wasn't a ton of detail. Uh, I guess kind of lackluster, but uh, all the pictures that I had seen were were kind of zoomed out a little bit, so it was hard to see some of the detail. Um, and I guess his his weapons, he's got a hammer and a sickle, and they weren't colored at all. They're just white. So it just looked kind of boring to me. Um, but the more I read the backstory and everything, it made a little bit more sense, and it, it kind of warmed up to me a little bit more. So um, I'll read the bio. Uh, it says, um, uh, Rocksteady, Rock-Headed Hip... Uh, sorry, Rock-Headed Rhino, not Hippo. Hungry, <laughs> <laughs> hungry Hippo. <laughs> uh, the bio says, uh, Mutated by Shredder from uh, Steranko to Rocksteady, he swears his allegiance to Shredder and teams up with his partner in crime, Bebop, to form the dynamic duo of Bebop and Rocksteady. Our heroes uh, need to use extreme caution when dealing with this mutated rocketed rhino. He's the brains and brawn of the Rocksteady and Bebop partnership. Yikes. So what does that make Bebop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Rocksteady's the brains? Yeah, brains and brawn. What? Yeah. Wow. See, I don't know about that because I, I, you know, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, in Dumb and Dumber. We're gonna go back to Dumb and Dumber today. Okay. Um, I always viewed kind of like uh, the Jim Carrey character, uh, uh Lloyd, mm-hmm. kind of the dumber one, right? And Harry's yeah. the dumb one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I look at Bebop and Rocksteady the same way. I always felt like <laughs> Rocksteady was the really, really dumb one, and Bebop was kind of dumb, you know. But together, I mean, they were just hilarious. Oh, well, apparently, Rocksteady did something to totally redeem himself. <laughs> Uh, so he's the brains and the brawn of the Rocksteady Bebop partnership, and uh, yeah. So, so what does that what does that mean for Bebop? I mean, what did he what like you said? What does he have going for him? A leather pants. <laughs> <laughs> he's the looks, and he can disappear apparently. So That's true. The looks and not the looks. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, uh, but he's the brains and brawn of the Rocksteady Rocksteady and Bebop partnership, and could deliver quite quite the feast to Shredder. Uh, where the main course is turtle soup. Oh, nice. Um, so I guess uh, Steranko. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. Ivan Steranko. I guess I, so. Have you have you seen the episode with him? It's no. one of the newer ones. Um, he basically looks like uh, Ivan Drago to me. Really? Yeah, kind of a little bit. He's he's a uh, a tall Russian guy, and he's got the <laughs> Russian hat on. Um, I must break you. Yeah. <laughs> if he dies. He dies. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's basically this big Russian guy, and he's the one that got transformed into Rocksteady. So that makes a little bit more sense as to why there's a hammer and sickle. Um, and it does seem to be pretty true to the cartoon series. So uh, the uh, website description says a former Russian arms dealer, uh, Starenko, has ended his gun dealing days and has begun to collect rare weapons and armor. Uh, with his collection nearly complete, he hires uh, Anon Zach Bebop to steal the ultimate prize, um, Master Shredder's legendary helmet. So things go terribly bad. Shredder finds out that Steranko's mastermind behind the theft and sends him flying into a mixture of mutagen ooze uh, and a rhino DNA. So uh, uh, Steranko wow. instantly mutates into the incompar- incomparable half-human, half-rhino known as Rocksteady. So that's why he has a hammer and sickle, which makes a little bit more sense. And uh, the more I look at the figure, they actually did a pretty good job, actually a really good job on the details. Um, you can't tell from the, the pictures where he's in the box, but this uh, CrookedNinja.com um, zoomed-in picture, he's got a lot of texture actually on his skin, which is even even more detailed than the original figure. Because in the original figure, he was just smooth gray plastic. Mm-hmm. 
But in this one, he actually looks like he's got like cracking skin and stuff like that, which is pretty sweet. Oh, that is neat. And there's a little bit more um, detail around where the the um, the horn comes out of his nose. It's not just like a smooth area where it comes out. It's like you can kind of see some skin that's a little bit jagged there, which is pretty sweet. Uh, and then he's got one gold tooth. He's got golden uh, shoulder pads, and it looks like gold bars, almost like uh, almost like brass knuckles would be on his hands. Huh. And then uh, he's got um, a gold chest plate with a red star in the middle. So it's pretty cool that they made the star red for, you know, the Russia thing. Yeah, the little eyelets on his belt are actually gold, too. So it's, it's pretty sweet. They, did, they put a lot of detail into it. And he's got some uh, camo pants and a, um, uh, a green shirt. So it's, it's definitely uh, pays homage to his original look, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I think overall detail, the character is good. Uh, it seems to make sense with what his character is supposed to be in the new series. I like that. Uh, I like the colors. I like the detail. Um, but again, um, accessories, the hammer and sickle make sense, but I still don't really like them. They're from, from the picture. It looks like they're just white, which mm-hmm. I, I just feel like they could have done more color on it. And you know, the original cartoon, he's got an ammo belt. He, he's got a grenade. He's got a, a huge gun. Mm, right. Um, right. So the I kind of just like, doesn't seem to match Rocksteady, does it? Yeah. I mean, it matches the origin of where he came from, but yeah. he was an arms dealer anyway. So you, you right. still could have done a gun. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure why they did it that way. And, um, you know, he even had a hat with the goggles on the original figure. So, um, I'd say I'd prefer the original figure, but um, to this one. Uh, but I, I still think for what they were going for, they did a pretty good job. So yeah, um, I, I'd probably give him um, I give him six horns out of ten. Oh, very well done, well done. <laughs> I, I think out of the two, I kind of prefer Rocksteady's look uh, over Bebop's. But I, I also know that you know Rocksteady, where Bebop's strengths are, is you know he's real flexible and everything. Rocksteady's a little bit more stiff as far as the articulation and everything. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. It, I mean, I, I'm just excited to see both of them on you know sword shelves again. The only thing that kind of concerns me is the whole fact that uh, beat their uh, Rocksteady's smart. You know, it's like oh, really? And I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, every time I think of Rocksteady, because the only incarnation that I know of, it's not like there was the, like the comics. There was a serious version of Rocksteady, and then all of a sudden, you know, the the cartoon kind of changed it all around. No, the origin of Rocksteady was that he was always funny, you know, and kind of goofy and, and kind of an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and now we're finally, it seems like we're going to be seeing a twist to that character. That's going to ruffle some feathers because, you know, every, everyone remembers Rocksteady as the, you know, this, this fun-loving kind of big idiot, you know. But, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, you know, every series is going to kind of add their own spin to it. Um, I just hope they make them funny. That's all I ask. You know, <laughs> they can still be smart. Just make them funny too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So, well, I guess we got a comic to get into, don't we? We do. We definitely do. It's a good one. Uh, it's time for Casey's Comic Classroom. My favorite class. Hello, violators. You're in Casey's Comic Classroom. Prepare to be schooled. All right, so uh, just to bring you guys up to speed, this is for the uh, IDW uh, issue number five, uh, the IDW series uh, that started in 2011. So I'll bring you up to speed from uh, issues one through four uh, before we jump into issue number five. So um, again, just for those of you who aren't familiar with it, um, the IDW series, uh, again, started in 2011, but uh, Kevin Eastman has been uh, active within the series uh, since the beginning, so I consider it to be uh, canon and legit. 
So they did. Uh, they did kind of take the story in a different direction, but mm-hmm. uh, I think it's great. So I agree. So the um, I'll give you a little bit of backstory. So in issue one, it kind of started re almost like a, a reboot of the turtle series. So um, the turtles and Splinter were part of a stock gen experiment um, with mutagen. Uh, they were kind of trying to build, uh, I think, super, basically like super soldiers uh, type of thing with the mutagen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this universe, uh, April actually named the Turtles. And uh, so the Turtles and Splinter were actually just basically lab lab animals for experimentation that uh, April happened to uh, um, just be in contact with by virtue of her being in the lab. So she named the Turtles and... Uh, one night, the Foot Clan breaks into the lab. They're trying to steal the turtles, and uh, Splinter actually pulls the fire alarm. Uh, April smashes a test tube into one of the Foot Soldiers' heads, and uh, Splinter uh, takes the bag that the Foot Soldiers are loading the turtles into. Um, he actually grabs it to try to save the turtles. They ended up getting uh, uh, tossed out of a window, um, and Raphael gets separated from the other turtles and Splinter. Um, Splinter fights Old Hob. I think he bites his eyeball. Yeah, and then um, and then so uh, Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Donatello and Splinter. After um, Splinter and Old Hob have a fight, they fall down a sewer, and Raphael is just kind of lost, uh, and you don't really know what happens to it. Um, and then in the following issues, we find out basically that Raphael is basically separated from them, uh, and they be they become fully grown. Um, the turtles and Splinter know that they're missing their brother, but uh, I think. It seems like they had not really met them since their separation when they were really small mm-hmm. and I guess not fully grown. Um, so Raphael meets Casey Jones. Um, they end up uh, kind of bonding. And then Casey Jones and Raphael are fighting old Hob. And then uh, Michelangelo, Donatello, and Leonardo jump in and kind of save them uh, in the fight. And they introduce themselves as Raphael's brothers. And that's where um, episode f- or issue five starts. I didn't think, I didn't think IDW could top the last uh, issue, but uh, this one, I, I think did it. I, I really do. You know where the last one ends, where uh, Raphael's finally reunited with his brothers and everything. You see Splinter crying. That's a touching scene. So this issue picks up about a month after that. Um, you know the tar- the turtles are. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I should say this. Uh, this issue was uh, uh, published on December 21st, uh, 2011. Uh, it was written by Kevin Eastman, Tom Waltz. Uh, script was done by Tom Waltz. The art was done by Dan Duncan. Uh, colors by Rhonda Patterson, and letters by Sean Lee. Um, so this issue picks up where the turtles are sparring in uh, their sweet turtle lair, and it's uh, it's only been about a month since Raph's been reu- reunited with his brothers, and he's nailing it. I mean, he I mean, typical Raph. He's always nailing it when it comes to fighting. You know that this guy. Okay, all the other you know all the other brothers they've had all this time to train and everything, and Raph's already catching up with them. And he's never he's trained starting his to brothers. tear it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He'd be a good Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> so um you know and uh, the the other turtles and everything um you know they they, they notice this right away um that that Raph is really gifted in this almost like and and, and the funny thing is with the turtles they're only a year old. Yet it seems like they know these moves. It's like they they know what they're doing, almost like they remember it for some reason. Um, and and Raph's kind of at the beginning of the comic, Raph's kind of wondering as he's sparring with the, the his brothers if he's ever going to get a weapon. You know, when is he going to get a weapon? And you know, it kind of reminds me of once again Dumb and Dumber. Uh, you know, when uh, Harry pulls out his gun at the end of the movie, and Jim Carrey's like, "I didn't get a gun. Did you get a gun? 
<laughs> I don't know. For some reason, like I see Raph is like, I didn't get a weapon. Did you get a weapon? Yeah. So uh, you know, I don't know. I just thought of that when I was reading it. Um, and and it's cool because here's where you start seeing transitions in this issue. And and this is one thing I think IDW does really well. It's one thing I think Peter Laird did really well with uh, Volume Four. You know, all the different transitions, all the different characters that you can kind of tell stories with. So as the, tur the turtles are sparring, as Raph's wondering when he's going to get a weapon, when he's going to kind of finally catch up uh, with, with his brothers, uh, Splinter is uh, taken to the streets. He, he's uh, beating up old Hobbs' gang. And, uh, you know, and then he has a flashback, you know, his, his memories of feudal Japan. Um, and he, here's... <clears throat> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, I got a little bit of a cold. I've kind of been sniffly all night. <coughs> I got the black lung pop. <laughs> What's that from? <laughs> Zoolander. Oh, Zoolander. <laughs> I got oh. the black lung pop. <laughs> Merman. 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 <laughs> oh, gosh. I love when they're playing gas fights with the with the uh, gas pumps. Oh, yeah. They're spraying yeah. each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. It's still being a male model. <laughs> I like how all, I also like how all his looks are the same yet they have different names. Oh yeah, Blue yeah. Steel, Magnum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So so anyways, um, Splinter he starts kind of having a flashback, and this this part kind of really intrigued me because all we know about Splinter at this very moment is that he's a lab rat. You know, we, we saw his origin story. He's just a rat. He's not. He's not, uh, you know, Hamada Yoshi turned into a rat. He's not Hamada Yoshi's pet rat that learns who, uh, you know, masters moves from his cage. You know, <laughs> he's making his movements. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how he learned Kung Fu. Um, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> Whoa. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Man, he came a long way. <laughs> yeah, he certainly did. Yeah. So, um, you know, in, in this issue, you see... Uh, just a rat, and he, yet he's having a flashback. You know, I, I could see, uh, you know, for a lot of readers, they'd be a little confused by this. Wait, wait, is he Hamada Yoshi, or is he remembering his master? Um, it, it, it's hard to say. So we haven't really seen Splinter's origin yet, but we're starting to see something that happens to Hamada Yoshi. All right, whether or not Splinter is Hamada Yoshi, we don't know yet. So anyways, it flashes back, and um, Hamada Yoshi's clan brother... Um, is this scar-faced uh, version of Oroku Saki, um, who sought to lead the clan, the Foot Clan, down this kind of dishonorable path with with a lot of lot of different things. But for one, Saki ordered the Foot Clan to kind of destroy an entire village of innocent people as part of their mission to assassinate this this one lord. Saki had no problems killing men and and women and children, you know, so long as he could send a message to this this particular lord. I guess this is the only gripe, if I could pick out one thing that I don't, uh, or that I wish could happen, I wish Saki could be like one of those villains that you can almost kind of like understand why they are the way they are, but but in this particular issue, he's just flat out evil, you know, he's just, there's no, there's no backstory to him, he's just evil, he wants to kill everybody, he doesn't care about anyone, except for his foot clan. Yeah, it's, he all he really wants is power, and he wants people to to be. Uh, he just wants to be respected and feared, is what he's saying. So right, right. Yeah. He's kind of one dimensional in that way. Yeah, 
you know, and, and, and that's the only gripe that I have about Rokusaki. You know, how did Shredder become this way? Like, why is he so willing to kill off every man, woman, and child? This rage must have come from something. Yeah, that'd be interesting if they ever reveal that. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and I know there's a micro-series out that IDW did, and I have not read it. Maybe, maybe I'm, you know, I'm jumping the gun a little bit on that, but uh, I don't know. There, there's got to be some kind of way that we can get inside Saki's head. Because, you know, I've never seen his well, you got to get past the helmet. <laughs> I know, it's pretty thick. I don't know if I can make it. <laughs> but there's got to be a way IDW can, you know, because they, they seem to do it really, really well, get in the characters' heads, and, and kind of give you a backstory that you never really thought about. And I thought the old Hob micro-series, because uh, it sold me on old Hob, because I finally did read it. And, you know, I remember early on in Turtle Flakes, we were talking about Old Hob. It was like the first issue of the IDW series. There was something about him I liked. Well, I, I think I finally... it was the whiskers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. And he's a short haircut. He doesn't shed. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really, really convenient. Yeah, exactly. If you want to keep him around the house, you know. Yeah, bring your mice, bring your turtles, whatever. That, that's right. Whatever you want, whatever you prefer. But uh, Hobbs had a backstory. And, you know, he was abused. And I'm wondering if, if Saki has some kind of backstory that can be told that can really kind of explain why he has this rage in him. Yeah, I would say from, from all the other um, the movies and everything else, it would always just kind of seem like uh, it was all about Tang Shen. And he was, they were competing for Tang right. Shen's love, and he was jealous. But it's clear in this that... In this issue, he is not. He doesn't care yeah, about her. No, he doesn't care about her. All he cares about his own, is his own power, which I guess is a little bit... Um, it kind of reminds me of the '80s cartoon um, Shredder, where all he really cares about is being control. And it's true, yeah, yeah. Which and that he was a little bit more fo- focused on trying to get rid of the turtles, I guess. But um, yeah, really more of a one-dimensional character, like you said. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. Right, right. Good point. Good point. Maybe maybe they're setting setting us up for something. But uh, you know, so so anyways, um, Yoshi. Uh, during this this meeting where Saki wants to kill everybody in this one particular village, uh, Yoshi says, "No, that that's wrong. You can't do that." You know, and he walks out of this meeting in disgust. Well, Saki gets all ticked and everything, and he declares that Yoshi's a traitor, and he he pretty much sends an army or or uh, several of his Foot Clan members to kill him and his entire family. And I'm wondering, like, is Saki a leader at this point? Is he a leader? Uh, yeah, yeah, he is. Okay, okay, because I, yeah. I was a little confused about that. I didn't know if he was the leader or if he was just a fellow student. So later on, uh, a pair of the foot soldiers, they invade uh, Yoshi's home while he's away, and they kill Tang Shen. I mean, it's it's a sad, sad scene. Obviously, we see this is, okay, this is a big difference from what we're used to uh, with the film and uh, some of the other comics. He has no interest in Tang Shen whatsoever. Uh, so so that's, that's cool. At least they're trying to do something different. Um, you know, and and here's where I think it gets even more interesting uh, because before Saki's army kills the four sons, uh, Yoshi comes home and uh, uh, he takes care of most of the other guys. Um, and, and I think he, I think they flee, or did he kill them all? Did Yoshi kill all the the guys? I can't remember. Yeah, Yoshi kills the the two guards, and um, yeah. Um... Actually, one of my favorite panels is in that scene. Um, but yeah, he kills the two guards, and then uh, he's talking to Tang Shen. She's lying on the floor, and um, oh, you know, sad he, scene. Yeah, she. He's basically holding her in his arms, and she's got some blood coming out of her mouth. She's obviously going to die, um, and she. Uh, 
she tells him, you know, he wants he wants to get revenge on uh, Orokusaki for killing her, and she said, no, um, I want you to take care of our sons. Think of them and get them to safety. See, and I love that. I love that. She's just like, almost kind of like, no, don't don't do it. I no more bloodshed. Just just take care of our family and go. She knows that the sons are going to be killed, you know, and 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 she knows that she's going to die, and yet she she's kind of almost like preaching peace. Right. Uh, I think that's a pretty powerful scene right there, and the and, artwork is perfect. Oh yeah, it is. Uh, it's 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 really good, and I think they did a good job of trying to seeing. Um, I guess Humayda Yoshi struggle between wanting to be angry and trying to respect her wishes. Oh yeah, um, and so th- that was you actually see him crying too as he's holding her and she dies. Uh, it's 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 a pretty emotional scene actually. Oh, it, it certainly is. Knowing that uh, Yoshi is a pretty honorable man, chances are, as as much of a struggle it's going to be, he's going to carry out her wishes because he loves her. And uh, so, so this is all a flashback. But going back to the present, um, you you're we're back at like this uh, New York hockey arena, and Casey Jones um, is sitting down with his coach. Coach is kind of getting on to him and saying, "Hey, man, you know, get your grades up and all this stuff." He's like, "Dude, if you don't get any better, you're never going to get to play for the Penguins." And... <laughs> well, that's fine by me. <laughs> you go to the Flyers anytime. <laughs> you hoser. <laughs> oh gosh, and and you know, and, and he's trying to tell him, he's like, "Hey, look, you get your grades up, or or you're not going to play hockey anymore." And and Casey, you know, he 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 kind of like nods it off and says, "All right, all right, fine, yeah, I'll, I'll try to study." Um, and, and you know, and he, as he's leaving, he's he's uh, hoping you know to try to find a tutor. And at, at a lobby uh, on. Uh, campus uh, april o'neill she's putting up posters offering tutoring for any subject in exchange for self-defense lessons um so as april's leaving one of uh, one of her friends or something like that uh, uh K- casey happens to walk past her in the lobby and uh uh and i think they end up uh i can't remember what happened uh did they end up just talking they just show them passing actually there's no interaction oh okay them. so yeah you just uh april's April's talking to her friend, and Casey Jones is passing them. So oh. it's kind of a – yeah, they just kind of crossed paths. Oh, that's and, good. That's yeah, good. Yeah, so it was just kind of like a hint. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's I kind of assume that um, Casey over here is part of their conversation. Okay, yeah, and and, and then that, that really suits the end too. And uh, April's note that she put up, uh, it says, uh, Honored student offering tutoring for any subject in exchange for self-defense lessons. Yeah, uh, it fits perfectly with Casey Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's it's almost like it was meant to happen. Yeah. Huh. Go figure. <laughs> so, you know, and, and that's another thing. I love the variations here because it's it just kind of keeps, like, the pace of the story going because we go from the turtle sparring to bl- to Splinter's flashbacks to Casey Jones walking past, uh, looking for something, uh, and walking past April, and April's looking for the same exact thing. You know, it, it, back in the alleyways, uh, Splinter's, like, beating up one of Hobbs' minions or whatever, and then he goes into the sewers. Uh, remembering the end of his story, and and this is where it gets really sad. I mean, it, of course, Tang Shen was sad, but uh, it gets even more brutal. Yeah, so um, it's a it's a two page spread, and you you've got uh, a bunch. Obviously, it's kind of like uh, some rolling hills in uh, feudal Japan, and you've got um, you've got Hamada Yoshi and his four sons, and they're training, and you can see them. They're wearing. Um, Orange and purple and red and blue, and the weapons correspond to what the turtles would be wearing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it looks like he's he's training all of his sons, and uh, 
you know, their training and he's obviously very connected to them and, and loves them a lot. And he brings them some food and they're all happy that he brought them some food. And then, uh, Oroko Saki shows up and, uh, in a familiar looking helmet and he's got just, it looks like probably about 10 guys with him. Mm-hmm. He seizes the four sons and also Matayoshi, and it looks like he kind of he ties them up and has them on their, on their knees, and basically he uh, he executes all four of the sons uh, oh, at the same time, right in front of him, right in front of Matayoshi, and uh, right after he kills them all, Matayoshi, um, right before his sons are executed, he sees them. He sees the swords above their heads. He knows they're about to die. And it says that um, he prayed that his sons and him would be reunited some someday. Uh, yeah. And that they would one day be able to face Rokusaki warrior to warrior. And he says his sons, forgive me. And then right after he says that, uh, you know, Shredder says now. And they uh, oh, man. behead them. And uh, immediately after that, um, this I thought this line was particularly interesting. Um, Hamada Yoshi says, Orokusaki, for 11 seasons I have honored my wife's last wish and avoided confrontation with you in order to keep our children safe. But now my sons are dead, and I am no longer bound to that promise. Know this. When we meet again, I will destroy you. Um, and uh, Orokusaki says, Fool, we will never meet again. And then uh, he kills him. And, and it says, And thus Yoshi and his sons were no more. So It's It's powerful. I mean, uh, th- this scene, like, uh, I look at the one panel, I do remember specifically uh, when I read this, uh, the one panel uh, right before the, the four children are killed. I remember it was one of the kids, like, there, there's one or two of them crying, uh, you know, like, they're really, really afraid, and then there's just one particular kid, I remember, just kind of looking down, almost stoically. I don't know. I just thought the artwork for that one particular kid is just like they know what's about to happen. They're not going to cry about it. They just they're they're ready. You know, they they don't want almost like I don't know. So many things could be told through that one facial expression. I just thought it was so well drawn. You you see like every inch of worry on one kid's face. Uh, you see uh, you know every inch of anger on another kid's face, and then you just see like this this one. And I wonder which turtle would that would be. Because you know, we might as well get into it. Basically, this origin story is a reincarnation story. I mean, it, it is. Uh, because Splinter is Hamada Yoshi. And the four children are uh, the turtles. I mean, we can make that kind of inference based on this issue. Um, because well, yeah, and, and you're absolutely right because in you know in that scene it showed them training with the exact same weapons. Exactly. And and like you were saying earlier in the conversation they had, they said it's it's almost like we're just um, relearning something that we had already previously. We already knew, right? Yeah. yeah. That's why they're catching on so quick. It's almost like they already knew it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love I love that that kind of dynamic. Never saw this coming. Uh, with the turtles, and to see this, man, it's powerful because it makes it makes everything more important. They really are Splinter's sons. They're, they, you know, it's not just like a, a metaphorical thing. You know, my sons. You know, they really are <laughs> his sons. You know, and uh, you know, Splinter really is their father, and and that just makes it so much more important to, to me. So powerful, powerful stuff, man. So right after, um, right after the scene where the the children are slain and Amadeus is, is slain, 
Um, uh, not yet. Oh. Uh, so it goes back to immediately after um, Hamada Yoshi is slain, it goes right back to the, the sewer den and uh, the four turtles. And um, Splinter shows up uh, after you know going and beating up the guys in the in the um, the alleyway. He finishes his flash flashback. He rides back home to the turtles and he presents them with some gifts. Mm-hmm. And so he gives. Uh, and as Rob was saying um, in the in the flashback, each one of his sons were wearing a different color, and the expressions on their face matched their personalities. So uh, Splinter shows up and he gives each one of them a bandana that corresponds to the color. From of the um, the robes that they were wearing in the flashback, so uh, each one of the turtles gets their colors. Uh, of course, the traditional colors that we're familiar with, and uh, Raphael's given his sigh. And uh, it was funny because, like you were saying, you know how Raphael was like tearing it up. They they had to wait. They were saying that they had to wait three months to get their weapons, uh, but uh, Master Splinter only after a month. Uh, Master Splinter says that your you know your abilities have advanced far beyond my expectations in this short time, and you've earned these. And he gives him the sigh. So oh sweet. man, you know I'm I'm glad you brought that up about the uh, you know what they were wearing. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, because I'm I'm looking at a panel right now. I just searched up um uh, uh Mark Pellegrini's uh, uh TMNT Entity website. It's uh, TMNT Entity dot blogspot.com and there's a panel if you search up uh, you go to mirage go to um I, i'm sorry if you go to idw you go to issue five you'll find it there's a panel it shows the kids before they're about to be killed and uh, from the right going to the left you've got uh, on the right the one boy looks mad and he's wearing red on the uh i guess uh, the second to the right or in the middle uh the boy's wearing purple uh, he just kind of looks concerned and uh, and almost shocked, like he can't really compute or uh, or figure out what's going on. The uh, guy next to him is wearing orange, uh, and he's crying. And then the guy next to him, you know, all the way on the far left, is wearing blue. And he's the one I was telling you about. It. He, I, I didn't even piece the colors together. But that's Leonardo, mm-hmm. and that makes perfect sense because he's kind of looking down, almost like he accepts it, although he's sad. He accepts that this is how it's going to be, and he wants to be strong. He's not going to cry. He's just going to let it happen, and and he accepts that this is their fate. And wow, that's that's good. That's good artwork, man. Absolutely, yeah. And it's it's cool that you know they can tell multiple stories in different ways, and it's still the turtles, but you know there's there's always something more that you can find out about the characters, uh, and you know there's always new ways of telling the same. It's not even really necessarily the same story. It's the same universe, the same characters, but a different story to keep things right. interesting. Yeah, the turtles are together. Splinter gives them gifts, oh, yeah. and he's uh, you know the turtles say, "Well, we have nothing to give you," and um, Master Splinter says, uh, uh, "My sons, my sons were taken from me, uh, and they have now returned to be reunited with one's family." Is isn't that the greatest gift of all? And uh, and then it shows a panel of uh, April sh- hugging her mom, saying it's good to be home, and uh, Casey Jones at his mother's grave, uh, leaving a rose there, saying he misses her. Um, mm. And the very last page shows uh, all the turtles sitting together uh, with a Christmas tree, um, and it says uh, "Happy Holidays" from IDW Publishing and Nickelodeon. So That's good. It's pretty cool. Oh, good, good issue. I mean, man. I, and I love I love the kind of the different directions, you know, and how, you know, uh, Casey Jones, he's looking for one thing, and, and April's looking for, for another thing. And they just walk right by each other and don't even really know or acknowledge each other at that point. Um, and they both have very different lives, you know, where April 
gets to go home and embrace her mother where Casey Jones doesn't even have parents. I mean, if you, you can't even really consider his father a parent because, you know, he's always drunk. He's never really emotionally around to be his father. Um, I love I love that kind of how they just go their separate ways to, and then eventually they'll become really close but at that moment they're just living their own separate lives um, and I love the fact that uh, Splinter you know has all four of his sons together at last and that makes the last issue so much more powerful because all along Splinter knew that's his son when he finally got to see Raphael that's his that's his boy you know, finally, we're, we're all all of us together as a family again. You know, Splinter's been waiting for that for so long. So, oh, man, everything about I'm just going to go ahead and give you my review right now because I can't hold it in. Everything about this issue is, in my opinion, amazing. This is easily, easily one of the best um, Ninja Turtle issues I've ever read. Um, is it as good as The Path? Maybe. I'm gonna say maybe, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I'm so sentimental about that comic book. I don't know if any comic book can top that, but this one, this one is really, really close. This is, I would say, my second favorite comic book issue that I've ever read from uh, uh, Ninja Turtles, from any comic in general, because it does so many different things. You got a different origin story. It's something that's never been done before in the Ninja Turtle universe. Just I don't know. I, there's so much emotion in the, in this uh, particular comic. I love the totally different origin story, and I love that Casey and April's characters are already developing this quickly. Um, and and it, we're only five issues into this series, this IDW series. You know, I know a lot of times with with comic book series, they call it like kind of like the slow burn. It, it it takes a while to kind of build up to this big crescendo of a plot. Not in this IDW series. I mean, from the get-go, I mean, you hit the ground running. Um, you know, with with new villains, uh, and and now here we are with a new origin story. Um, I don't know. I'm so sold on this uh, this particular issue and the IDW franchise in general. So, um, so I give this issue ten Christmas trees out of ten. So, what about you, buddy? I would have to agree. Uh, I don't think they could have done any better. Um... And it's it, like you said, it's it's really great that uh, they didn't just throw out and regurgitate the same origin story over and over again. Mm-hmm. That uh, they they spread it out over five issues and they mix some action in mm-hmm. with each one of them. So you get a little bit of action and you get a little bit of a glimpse as to um, where the turtles are now and what their characters mean. And I think this this issue did a, a perfect job of wrapping it up. And not only did they tell you about each one of the turtles, um, but you get a lot more about um, Master Splinter, which he's usually kind of an enigma almost, you know. Right. It's always try to hard to get a read on him and to understand what he's thinking and why. And this gives a really good uh, view into into his character specifically. Uh, but also, I thought it was neat that they threw the um, you know Casey Jones and April in there. Yeah, me too. Um, so you learn a little bit more about them. So I think it adds a lot of depth to uh, each one of the characters. And uh, it also the you know the way that they told the story it wasn't dry and boring it wasn't I mean it was a sad issue but um, they still mixed in action you got to see Master Splitter beating people up which is like one of the coolest things you could see <laughs> it's like a um, fight yeah I mean it's it's awesome so um, yeah I would have to give it a ten out of ten because um, it it really just brings it I, I feel like it kind of 
it gets you ready for okay we know now we know the backstory we care about the characters and we want to know what's going to happen next and uh, i really like seeing all the turtles train together and just get to getting to see them reunited and getting to see you know the um the other three turtles just encourage Raphael and you know just kind of take him in as their brother and to encourage him and help him help him become better you know seeing them all together and happy because you know a lot of times in a lot of the even in the movies and the comics you know Raphael's kind of off on his own and yeah. there's always you know just kind of some some problems going on and this is just uh kind of a warm and fuzzy feeling even though the middle mm-hmm. of the issue is really sad, uh, just seeing all the turtles together as brothers is, uh, was pretty cool. So right, right. You know, it's like they're all reunited, and uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it's a perfect kind of Christmas issue, isn't it? Yeah, it, it certainly is. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. Hey, g- great, great issue to uh, to uh, have a Christmas uh, special around. So, so man, I guess we better get into our green screen, huh? Yeah. Hey, Raph, where are you going? Out to a movie. That okay with you? Yeah. All right, listeners. Well, for our green screen special feature, we are going to be watching the, I think it's the sixth episode of the 2012 Nickelodeon cartoon entitled Metalhead. Uh, Were you a big Metalhead fan there, Josh? Yeah, I I was a pretty big metal fan. (laughs) (laughs) You, You had the hair. I know that. Oh yeah, yeah. I had to rock it out. <laughs> See, I mean, look, he's a metalhead. I mean, you could tell. <laughs> then he had the uh, Mississippi mud flap too going. So you know, you know, uh, and then you mash your fingers on the tiny strings. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you have way more energy than I do tonight. <laughs> I'm jealous, but yeah. So today we're going to be uh, watching the Metalhead episode, and I, um, I have to admit, I, I saw this when it first came out, uh, when it first aired. I love this episode, and uh, very, very excited to see it again. I've not seen it since uh, that that first time. Um, I was a big Metalhead fan as a kid. I, I had uh, the toy. I remember uh, fighting Metalhead in the Turtles in Time two video game. Oh so, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I love me some Metalhead. So I'm uh, looking forward to this episode. And if you want to follow along with us, guys, uh, we're going to click play in five, four, four three, three, two, two one, one, click. I love how the uh, laser blasts are, like, pinkish. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I guess they match the brains. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. I love how Leonardo runs, you know, kind of like that. I guess that makes them more aerodynamic. Yeah, they lean forward. Yeah. Right. I'm always a big fan of that. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> but it kind of reminds... Kind of remind, you're right or my right? <laughs> you're other right. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I hate this thing. <laughs> I hate this bow. Yeah. Nice work. When we're done here, there's a marching band that needs a majorette. <laughs> So I, I don't even remember the backstory here. I do know that they're fighting the Krang, and I know that the last episode was about Baxter Stockman. That's all I remember. Yeah, uh, I didn't. I forgot to go back and watch them, so I'm not sure either. But I love the Krang and the way they talk. <laughs> it's interesting. They got like that blue kind of like almost looks like a blue rubberized skin. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of looks like Terminators, you know. Like oh, the like, uh, like a, a cybernetic organism, living tissue over a metal, a metal <laughs> exoskeleton. <laughs> well, you do know that their CPU is a neural net processor, a learning computer. <laughs> oh, come 
Nice. Cyberdyne System Battle 101. <laughs> My favorite one. Yep. How am I supposed to fight advanced alien technology with a stupid stick? Stupid stick. <laughs> it's kind of funny that Donatello gets the most primitive weapon. That's true. That's true. Because, you know, I guess they figured that, you know, he can make it work if anyone could. That's right. That's a huge cannon. So the turtles were fighting the Krang in some kind of warehouse, and they, they've got him cornered now with some huge cannon of some type. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what that is. Oh, they, spo they spotted a forklift, and they threw a shuriken in it. Oh, glitched it. Oh, oh it's poor Krang. They just got forked. <laughs> oh, there go the oh, Krang. I love the brain scattering. Now, now they scatter brains... like roaches, don't they? I, oh, I know. <laughs> Nothing kills them. Dumb yeah. luck. Wasn't luck, my friend. And you know, I'm, I gotta admit, I'm gonna miss Jason Biggs as Leonardo. I thought he was a good Le Leonardo. Yeah, he really was. I am really surprised. Wow, so Donatello's bow staff is actually broken. Yeah. I think it's the first time I've ever seen that in a Turtles uh, cartoon. Right. I wonder how long that'll last. You never think things through. Was that supposed to fit? <laughs> so they've, they've hauled the torso of one of the uh, one of the Krang bots. <laughs> They're trying to get it into the sewer. <laughs> oh, there's Mikey eating pizza. Michelangelo eating his pizza. Ahead of anything I've ever seen. Do you know what this is? I love the arcade game they have in the background. No? Yeah, what was the name but of it again? I don't remember. I just love that they have arcade games like and pinball machines. <laughs> oh, there's Spike. He's like, I love you, Raph. Say, I can't keep fighting alien technology with a six-foot staff. I was hoping to upgrade my weapon. Mmm, a seven-foot staff. Interesting. Love <laughs> <laughs> how sarcastic uh, the new splitter is. Seven-foot staff. staff. Yeah. I'm serious, Sensei. I know, and yes, you may upgrade your weapon. That's totally unfair. You can't just say... Wait, did you say yes? <laughs> Ninjas have improved their arsenal for centuries. We are masters of adaptation. That is yeah, it took great. centuries to make a big wooden staff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're a little slow. They started off at six inches and they got to six feet. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just gave myself goosebumps. You want to feel? Eh? Pass. But remember, <laughs> you want to feel my goosebumps? Means not an end. It is you who must prevail in battle, not your weapon. Combat is not a video game. That's it. I'll turn combat. Combat is not a video game. <laughs> Actually, it oh, is but it is. <laughs> That's right. It's a famous one. Oh, look at them. They got a tabletop arcade, too, they're playing. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I wonder what they're playing. What the? <laughs> oh, it's hockey. Oh. Slap shot. Oh. He's dead. Oh, he's doing a little dance. That's awesome. <laughs> I, love, I love the wood grain, too. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I'm telling you, you know, little little nods like that. I mean, that stuff we remember as a kid, you know, those wood grain arcade cabinets and everything. Actually, when there were good arcades. <laughs> yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with Dance Dance Revolution, but it just seems like most of the arcades have that. Yeah. It's that and then the golf games and the hunting games. Golf games, hunting games, and claw machines. Yeah. Well, I can. I do remember, okay, so I think in this episode, April O'Neil's father's already been kidnapped by the Krang. So that's why she's so aggravated. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah, she's been on her laptop the whole time, and they're trying to stop her from going out, and she's basically saying she's going to do what she wants. Right. 
So I love the crying glass. He's just like going for a walk. He's just like strolling <laughs> down the street, you know. It's, <laughs> it's leisure time. Yeah. Do 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 do. Going to my headquarters. Lead the way. Was it space heroes? Space heroes. Yeah. <laughs> I love the look on Leonardo's face. <laughs> what do you make of this, Doctor Mindstrong? Doctor Mindstrong. <laughs> this is very disturbing, Captain. The sensors indicate. Oh, is that a like bug? Mothra. It is Mothra. Great <laughs> galaxies, Captain. What's happening? Doctor Mindstrong's been taken over by the Cortexicons. The Tortexicons. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> They're the worst. He slapped. He slapped. The guy. <laughs> Doctor Mindstrong must be destroyed. Well, Mindstrong's dead. What a hero! <laughs> what a hero! Ooh! Wow! Almost lost the pizza there. Oh man, that, that'd have been a travesty. There he is. Leo. Now what do you want? Now what do you think of Metalhead? Yeah. What is this thing, gentlemen? I love the shape of Mikey's head. I don't. He's this a little bit more round than everybody else. I know. I got, the, the, the only beef. I, well, actually, I don't know if it's a beef. I'm just not used to Metalhead being so small. Yeah, he's a little short. He, he's a little short. I guess they're trying to make him cuter. I guess. But this kind of makes up for it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love the baseball bat. I didn't like being tickled. Oh, and one one interesting fact about uh, uh, this episode is, in the original cartoon, um, I believe that Krang, uh, not the Krang, just Krang, uh, he designed or programmed, uh, or I'm sorry, he created um, Metalhead. And in the end of that episode, Donatello reprograms him to be a good guy. Well, in this episode, it's vice versa. Donatello creates Metalhead, and the Krang turn him into a bad guy. Spoiler alert. Oh, sorry. Uh-oh. So April was in the uh, the warehouse sneaking up on the Krang. She just knocked over a fire extinguisher, and they're, they're coming after her now. And she's being so stupid. <laughs> she no good. <laughs> she's gonna get it. The Krang makes some weird noises, don't they? They do. Think ninja. Think ninja. It's like Metal Gear Solid right here. What was that noise? Uh, just a box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the brain's sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> he looks so happy and content, doesn't he? <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> Oh wow! Oh. He's stuck up behind him with a lead pipe. Oh, he, he, he just did the, like the exorcism thing there. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, just like pushing his head around. Wow, she she launched the crank out the window. Yeah, and they're not Those they're not impressive. easy to beat up. No, they're pretty heavy too. Yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it cool? I reverse engineered it from the crank droid. Okay. Why? So the drone can handle the dangerous stuff while we stay out of harm's way. Oh, I get it. This is for wimps too afraid to fight. No, it's for <laughs> wimps too smart to fight. I mean, ooh, let's call it Metalhead. Why, you ask? Because it's got a head and it's made of... <laughs> I love Mikey Lehman stuff. Oh, yeah. My battles for me. This is ridiculous, Donnie. It takes the whole point out of being a ninja. It's exactly the point of being a ninja. We adapt. Now watch this. 
Attack the drone. Give it all you got. Uh, you sure? I don't want to break your toy. I do. <laughs> I love how Raph, like, puts his hand in Leo's face. Right. He's like, get out of the way. Yeah, get out of the way. Sis. <laughs> Man, Raphael looked like he was spinning around like a shuriken. <laughs> he did. Oh, Metalhead oh, caught his oh. side midair, and now he's uh, he's doing a piddly human Hulk smash to him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Leo and uh, Michelangelo are just furiously swinging their weapons, and you can see, see him kind of tinging off of Metalhead. Right. He just grabs the weapons and knocks their heads <laughs> awesome. together. Donatello seems pretty uh, pleased with himself. Oh, I love that Metalhead's shell is actually a manhole cover. Right, it's an NYC on it. And I didn't even have to use the laser cannon. Now I said they got a tire swinging there. Thing, I'm yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I mean, Sensei. He didn't even get that baby up to 88 miles an hour. <laughs> I know. Man. How they gonna go back in time? Unfair! You can't just wait. What? You have created this new weapon. The only, the only uh, beef that I have with that remote control is uh, I think he had one to redirect the mouses or detect them or something like that. It was a Game Boy. Oh, so this one, the Game Boy was much cooler. Right, right. This one doesn't have a Game Boy, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little upset. Yeah, they could have at least made it like a, a Turbo Express. That would have been the coolest. Oh, yeah. I would have been okay with an Atari Lynx or a Game Gear as well. Right, right. Two handouts that don't get a lot of love. Yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> the metalhead is so huge. He's like making craters as he jumps. <laughs> the building. Should we double back? I think there's a car alarm he didn't set off. I kind of like it. It goes nicely with all the sirens and cries for help. Oh come on, you guys are just <laughs> jealous because you're out there in the cold. Oh, he's definitely. Oh, he's got. Nintendo oh, there's a Nintendo controller. controller. Yeah, that's hey! awesome. <laughs> so Donatello's back in the lair looking at his TV, uh, playing it like a video game to control Metalhead. It's pretty awesome. Right. While eating pizza. Which is the best. <laughs> April. Oh jeez, it's gonna, it's gonna be crazy when uh, Metalhead jumps off. Here it is! <laughs> Lands in the dumpster. <laughs> Face palm. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. No, he's like, give me a minute. Still, it's stealthier than the real Donatello. What <laughs> the heck is that? It's Donnie's latest brilliant creation, Metalhead. So, do you have this toy, uh, Josh? Name, huh? Um, I think I do. I think yeah. I do too. Uh, oh, sorry, April. Look on my I'm wall. Still getting used to the controls. Whoops. Megaphone button got stuck. Guys, we gotta do something. The Krang are gonna poison the city's water supply with mutagen. The whole city will become a disaster area. Someone's poisoning the water hole. <laughs> There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> You're a sad stranger tonight. Excuse me for being a glass house. <laughs> well, no, I know, I know, I have Metalhead, but I can't see him. Let's go. Yeah, the Krang don't stand a chance. Maybe I gave him away to somebody. Donnie, I need you to well, heck, back. I gotta get another one. Metalhead is just too clumsy. It'll get in our Cause way. Because I, I kind of like his design. Oh, two heads are better than one. I did that on purpose to emphasize my point. You're not coming, Donnie. Ooh. Ah, oh, burn. <laughs> oh, he looks. So, he looks so distraught. 
I like how he did that with the remote control. That was behind. You can be pretty precise with those movements with the NES controller. No, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm I'm pretty impressed with the the D-pad capabilities. So he, he's zooming in on April now. Like <laughs> Looks away real quick. Yeah. She's so beautiful. So, <laughs> you like heavy metal? <laughs> <laughs> nice. This sounds like a line I'd use. So, do you like heavy metal? <laughs> yeah. Looks like a prank picnic down there. Ready to bash some bots, destroy some droids, clean some closets. <laughs> uh, I meant to say crush Chevy brain. Nova. <laughs> huh? Oh, that was awesome. I like how easy the uh, the uh, Krang are now. Yeah. Remember, remember when they were looking like human beings and uh, they were all hitting them and they like barely moved their heads. Yeah, Michelangelo there took out one of them with his bare fists. With his bare fists. <laughs> oh, that was the Pac-Man sound. Did you hear it? Oh, was it? As he hit the, <laughs> as he hit the ground, it was like, what, what? <laughs> yeah. I love whenever they're in the warehouse, like, the entire street lights up pink. Right. <laughs> they went from all the laser blasts and <laughs> laser. the She's so Oh, there it is, Mike, Michelangelo is totally checking her out. He's yeah. staring at her. You do know that's not muted, right? <laughs> <laughs> Busted. Of course. It was muted. You couldn't hear me joking. <laughs> you couldn't hear me joking. Man, I hope she bought that. That's the megaphone. <laughs> I know. Man, I hope she bought that. I think the fight's going. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Look how they both just fell flat backwards. Not great. Trapped. Or maybe they're the ones who are trapped. Hmm? No, it's us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here goes Metalhead to save the day. Uh-huh. What are you I doing? knew it. What is wrong with your arms? My hands aren't on my hips. No! Sorry, forgot to press B. Forgot <laughs> <laughs> to press nice. B. That'll do it every time. Oh, man. I don't know if Metalhead's gonna make it. I don't know. The might paint in pink. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks like his uh, heavy metal armor is just uh, absorbing the uh, laser bolts. Yep. Uh oh. Oh, nice. Like he was much better. <laughs> yeah. It's like Doom. The Gatling gun. Yeah, the Gatling gun <laughs> and Doom, dude. That's yeah. the same thing. We just fired a fist at him. <laughs> It's a face-seeking fist. Uh-huh. Hey, Raph, how does it feel to be shown up by a toaster? <laughs> burn! Yeah, I thought that was a good one. No! Burn! Oh, right! <laughs> that thing which does violence at Krang used to do violence for Krang. <laughs> 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 I think it sounded like a pig. It did! Watch the friendly fire. They kind of look like pigs if you think you. about it. I wonder if you can make Krang bacon. Sounds delicious. It does. You can have it on your pizza. Oh, that would be a good topic. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. 
Oh, so it looks like the antenna got hit and uh, he lost the signal. Oh no. Gosh, they do look they do look like bugs. Yeah, did you see the underside? That was creepy. Yeah. So one of the little crank brains just reprogrammed Metalhead. <laughs> I was really afraid at the beginning of a sentence, but then I sort of just lost interest towards the <laughs> Okay, I'm afraid again. Oh, he's got the train gun again. <laughs> oh, come on. Maybe if I can override Donatello. Oh, you know what would have been perfect there? What's that? If he would have if we had a cartridge in the system and took it out and blew in it. Right. And put it back <laughs> in. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, that'd have been nice. <laughs> Or if you got like a game genie or something like that. Yeah. So what is that game back there? Back to him. I I think it's the bows and something. Yeah. But the pinball machine looked like um. Oh gosh, that. Uh, oh, it's um. It's on the pinball classics. Like art. Oh, it's. Uh, Gorgar. Uh, not not Gorgar. Um, Xenon. So something creatures. It had like Creature of the Black Lagoon and like a couple other classic oh, monsters on yeah, it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what it looked like. Ooh. Ooh, oh. Oh man. Middle Middlehead just gave me an uppercut to uh, Leo and Raph. Now Krang will destroy you. Which one wants to be first to be destroyed by Krang? <laughs> Donatello. Yeah. Say, so choose me. It'd be horrible if he actually did get beaten. Yeah. After a dramatic entrance like that. Oh, he just fired the fist at him. Oh, man. <laughs> so, uh, Donatello's board doesn't seem to be very effective against the heavy metal armor. Right. Oh, he lost another board. Oh, again. <laughs> Got hit by a laser blast and split in half. <laughs> I like how even he flew back. That might work. Hey, Craig! So uh, he he launched some kind of a missile at Donatello, and it looks like it took down one of the support beams for the building. The comment that is made by you shows ignorance of Craig. The ones known by you as Mother. Just come. Oh, flying eyeballs. Yeah. Wow. Was that Donatello's design, or is that a... I don't know. Is that a Krang thing? Oh, it looks like a steel girder is about to come down on the Krang. Oh. Oh. He did. And Donatello uses his bow staff to support uh, the girder from crushing him. Oh, man. Oh. Poor Metalhead. Metalhead is having a rough oh, day. He's metal dead. Huh? Sounds weird when he says it. <laughs> Sounds weird when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> he's been impaled. And the crane's deactivating. There he goes. Oh, oh. he's on Donatello's face. He kissed him. He <laughs> kissed him and ran away. Give a smooch. Way to go, Donnie. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Except for that part where you built the thing in the first place. And the part where it broke. And the part where it tried to kill us. And the part... Okay, I get it. <laughs> I was so close to my high score. Oh. <laughs> oh, Looks like rock... Oh, I can't... Rock and ready? What troubles you guys have? This was all my fault, Sensei. You are responsible, yes. Yeah. 
Responsible for destroying the mutagen? Responsible for saving the people of this city? Responsible for defeating advanced technology using only ingenuity, bravery, and the stick. <laughs> stick. And an NES controller. Maybe you're right. right. I am. I guess with or a NES controller. Ah, uh, well, if you want to pronounce it that way, I don't know. <laughs> Teach his own, stick. I guess. I don't know. But see, I can't mean I can't be mean to the two dudes on this show. It was an atomic robot. That was the name of the like, arcade game. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, another episode's in the books, and it looks like um, I guess the big theme here was that uh, Donatello, you know, he was questioning, um, you know, his simple bow staff, and that's why he designed Metalhead in the first place. Um, and then really, in the end, I guess the moral of the story is: no matter how ten technologically advanced you are. Um, there's nothing like you know putting your mind to something simple to get the job done. You know, just like the you know the NES is so much of a better system than current video game systems. So you got to go back to the simple original roots. I agree. I agree with that statement. I really do. And Sega, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, like like see, like the Segas, like Metalhead, it's a little bit more advanced. But you got to go back to the NES, the NES. It's a little bit simpler. Josh, are you, are you doing this? <laughs> Sorry, uh, Michael Kelso paid me to say that. Oh, really? I'll, yeah, I'm sure you're getting paid well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what, so what do you think of this episode, uh, Jose? Would you give this? Or how many pizzas out of uh, ten would you give this one? Uh, I give it a seven. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty good. I liked I liked Metalhead. I'm a little sad that uh, he got destroyed at the end, but um, I, I think he comes back. I'm pretty sure he fights alongside the turtles soon. So that makes me happy. So you're saying that Metalhead said. Uh... I'll be back. <laughs> he did. He came back from the future to protect Sarah Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Sarah Connor? No. Okay. Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> yeah, I always like the one, I now know where you cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can never do. <laughs> it's time to go now, John. It's time for me to jump in the lava. It's time for your pancakes. Come on. <laughs> you know you like them. <laughs> you want some marshmallows? <laughs> it's like, gosh, ever since, you know, imagine if he hadn't killed himself. You know, he could have been like, you know, um, a J a John's maid and stuff, you know, his butler. I could see him wearing an apron, you know. I could too. I could yeah. too. And he annoys John, you know, and he's always like there, you know, in the most awkward situations. John Connor. How would you like your eggs? <laughs> it's like, whoa, Terminator, I'm, I'm changing here. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So so anyways, uh, Hoser, I guess that wraps up another episode of Turtle Flakes. It was I'm so happy to be back. So happy to be back in the action talk turtles again. I missed this show. Um, and uh, yeah, I missed talking to you, buddy. Me too. And uh, for all you listeners out there, uh, we do have a new website. It's uh, turtleflakes.com. Um, we created a new site because, uh, unfortunately, with Podomatic, there's only a certain amount of space that you have for all of your um, episodes. And it was starting to get kind of expensive to try to host everything. Uh, again, Rob and I, we, we pay out of our pockets to be able to do this to entertain you guys. And it was uh, it was getting to be a little bit much. So uh, I created uh, TurtleFlakes.com so that we could host all of our episodes, our entire library. And uh, re we removed some of the older episodes from our Podomatic page to make space for new ones. So mm -hmm. um, go to our website, TurtleFlakes.com. You can listen to all the episodes there. You can download them. Um, the entire library is there. Um, so check it out. Um, also check out the... Uh, our, our network, the Retro Junkies, there's a ton of great shows. It's uh, the RetroJunkies.com. 
Um, there's tons of video games and uh, and other types of podcasts on there that are really great. There's some really good video game podcasts like uh, Genesis Gems, or if you want a really good one, there's uh, oh, an NES. Oh, geez, so, how much are they paying you? <laughs> <laughs> you hoes. Oh, uh, but uh, both of them are great. Uh, it's all family friendly. Um, great people. Uh, great community. Um, you can check out the forums, uh, interact with the community, or uh, just check us out on Facebook as well. Uh, and uh, Turtle Flakes. Or a Turtle Flicks podcast on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, is there anything else I could uh, shamelessly plug? I can't. I think you nailed it, man. Okay. All right. Cool. It's good to be back, guys. Thanks for listening. Sorry for the uh, the long intermission, but uh, we will have uh, hopefully have the uh, the episode with the uh, Halloween skit on there. It's really <laughs> great. You got. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to do. You guys will, will definitely enjoy it. So absolutely. So, uh, so what kind of pizza are we going to have to close out this episode, there, Josh Taylor? Well, uh, turtle fans, here's to hoping you enjoy your gingerbread and candy cane pizza. Oh. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everybody. Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Hey, Jose. Josh. What up? What's up? What's That's awesome. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what else is awesome. What's that? Your picture. <laughs> Every time I see that. <laughs> Oh, you, you, I mean, you are everything that embodies a man. I mean, you got your <laughs> turtle's hat, you got your goatee, you got your flannel, and a Genesis. <laughs> Turn him on to our show, and I actually got to meet him yesterday. He's like, dude, I listen to every episode. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was like, really? I'm sorry. <laughs> so do you want to take us in, or do you want me to take us in? Uh, I think it's my turn. All right, all right, all right. Good. I always like when you take a in. You don't stutter like I do. Stutter. Traded the van for it straight up. Wait, you sold my dead bird to a blind kid? Uh, Harry, I took care of it. <laughs> So they are the students, Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Donatello. Make up the team with one other fellow, Raphael. He's the leader of the group, transformed from the norm by the nuclear goop. Pizza's the food that's sure to please. These ninjas are into pepperoni and cheese. Back to the story, it's not hard to find. Ninjas not just of the body, but of the mind. Those were the words that the master instructed. But a letter from Shredder had splinter abducted. That was the last straw, spring into action. Step on the foot, now they're gonna lose traction. Now this is for real, so you fight for justice. Your shell is hard, so you shout, they can't dust us off. Like some old coffee table. Since you've been born, you've been willing and able to defeat the snake. Protect the weak, fight for rights. 
your freedom to speak. Now the villain is chilling, so you make a stand. Back to the wall, put your sword in your hand. Remember the words of your teacher, your master. Evil moves fast, but good moves faster than life. Shining for your illumination. Good versus evil equals confrontation. So when you're in trouble, don't give in and go sour. Try to rely on your journal power.